Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado, Colorado's premier outdoor radio show heard every Saturday afternoon on KLZ 560 with insights on hunting, fishing, archery, guns, and ammo from Colorado's top outfitters featuring the industry's leading experts on how to enhance your experience in the great outdoors. Now, here's your host, Scott Watley. Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are glad you are with us. A beautiful day here in the Mile High City. Hope you'll get out and enjoy it, but I uh, hope you'll stay tuned here for the next hour. We've got a, a great show in store for you, and we are have just returned, I should say, from Kansas and uh, finished up a, a fantastic turkey hunt with our friend Chris Rowe and uh, called Chris last night, asked if he'd come on for a little bit today, and uh, he obliged us. So Chris Rowe with Rowe Hunting Resources. How are you, bud? I'm doing well. <laughs> I put your knee holding up. It's doing pretty good. I'm telling you. I'm going to tell my surgeon, hey, look, you know what? Every guy that comes here, just after two weeks, send them to Chris Rowe, and he will give them a good rehab of walking. So, uh, <laughs> man, a lot. But, uh, man, I tell you, I could talk the whole hour about our hunt, but a good friend of mine, Ron Jones from El Dorado, Kansas, met me there. And um, we had been trying to do this, really. We were actually Chris's first group scheduled in April. And then, of course, all the COVID stuff and all the restrictions and just a lot of different things got in our way here. So we were just uh, down there this last couple of days and just had a great, great hunt. And uh, we'll get into that in just a minute. But, Chris, I learned a lot from you, man. And I've been introducing you there at the International Sportsman's Expo for several years now. And uh, now to kind of see everything that you talk about from, you know, the food food plots, the conservation side, to just studying habitat, all the things, boy, it just, it makes a lot more sense. So, man, I, you know, it was a very, very valuable trip for me, not only getting to kill a nice turkey, but, and to hunt with you, but just to, to learn a lot. So, and, you know, you, we talked yeah. about that on a lot of your shows, you know, you don't just like to go out and set people in a blind or sit there, shoot the turkey and shake their hand and send them away. You like to kind of teach people, don't you? Well, yeah, and that's exactly it. And so the first thing you said there, yeah, it's, it, it always is. It, all of our hunts that we do has an educational component with it just because of the fact that it is nice to, you know, on, the, on my educational stuff on the website, you know, I can show you the things that I do and I can, I can talk about all those things and I can put turkeys or elk or whatever in front of you and, and get to see them. But like you said, when you actually get out there and get to experience it and see all of it play together, it really comes home uh, as something not only for understanding, but also just it just makes it much more, in my opinion, just much more of a fulfilling, you know, endeavor. You know, sure. I mean, when you're on the landscape and you can you can see what's going on, and then you actually understand why it's going on and how it all interplays together. Yeah, it, it's a lot of fun, and and they are. We I go with our hunters typically, and mm -hmm. it is a decoy and calling type hunt it is not a sit over a bait pile and you know i don't dump you off in the morning and pick you up at noon and sit you over a bait pile and just shoot a turkey we i mean we had to sit a ground blind we had to sit a food plot and we had to play their movement patterns because sure. these birds were hand up and and did not want to um really come aggressively into calls and some of them just didn't want to work calls at all but so we had to we had to play them but it was it was it was working looking at the landscape where's the movement patterns why are they going to be where they're going to be uh and then capitalizing on all of that information to put ourselves where we needed to be to be successful so absolutely you did a great job man you did a great job you kept up well hey man <laughs> it worked out really well and uh and just a lot of fun and uh you know i tell you you know um i love you know, hunting and, and shooting stuff and all that and, and but the enjoyment of just being out and not 
any time, but especially what we've been through these last few months was just a blast <laughs> just to be outside and get to do some things. But uh, so talk yeah. talk a minute about, you know, um, the the habitat side of this and, and what you're doing there, uh, because, like I say, it was really cool just to see all the different things with the the food plots and just the, the, the mindset do you have in the where you place them and, and what all you do, because it's not just a deal, oh, there's an open spot where I can put a food yeah. plot. You know, a lot goes into that. Yeah. Yeah. So and people ask me all the time about, you know, why the heck am I doing food plots in Kansas when, you know, we've got birds everywhere. Well, that's the problem is we don't anymore. Uh, and the reason why bird numbers are down across Kansas is because, in, in my opinion, there's a whole host of things. But one of the things in our area is we are seeing a whole-scale shift in the agriculture on the landscape. And so this area used to be heavy wheat country, and winter wheat is planted in September out here, and then it stays green and, and growing and, and nutritious all the way into you know April and May. And so wherever you have winter wheat, um, you have great deer and turkeys a lot of times. Well, we, you're moving away from that. And so there's vast, vast just miles it's not even hundreds of thousands of acres it's miles upon miles upon miles mm -hmm. of habitats that are now converted well you still have the turkeys still need that high protein diet and they are going to congregate where they can get that good spring green up if we don't have good spring green up well they're going to go to a different property or their numbers are going to be greatly reduced and so what i'm doing with our food plots from the turkey standpoint is trying to backfill uh, some of the beneficial uh, early green forage that the turkeys need. Uh, I'm just trying to backfill that on the landscape since our, our landowners are no longer doing it. But I'm, like you saw, but you try to strategically place it in places where you know the turkeys actually want to be. So if you right. couple that, use their behavior, use what they want to do, and then go ahead and give them what they want and give it to them where they want it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, you, you saw that we, you know, we can drive around the landscape, but, I, you know, I show you the pictures. The, the places where the birds were were all congregated around our cool season food plots, and that's why we do it. Absolutely. Chris Rowe is with us. RoweHuntingResources.com is the website. Check it out. We'll get into that in a few more minutes here. In our second segment with Chris on all that he has to offer there, but I promise you this this is a, a great website with a lot of great information on it. Now, um, well, man, let's just get into our hunt a little bit because that was it was so much fun. So we arrived there on Wednesday, got there around noon, and um, uh, got all changed and got out uh, about an hour or so and uh, started hunting. And I'm telling you, the weather first of all was was very. Uh, had its challenges for us uh, this time of year, uh, you know, a little bit of cool and uh, the fog and, man, the rain and all the different things. And then uh, before you know it, like everywhere else, it changed very quickly. But how much do you think the weather uh, played in some of the reactions of probably what you were even expecting from the birds? Uh, absolutely, it did. We've had a real cold, uh, relatively cold spring that it just seems that it has created a delay uh, across the landscape and not just our area, but just even in this region where we had birds, and you saw it, we had birds that were, you know, flocks of hens where you'll have four, six, eight hens out traveling all day together with the gobblers locked down hard with them, and they just were not interested in leaving those hens. And it wasn't just one group. You've got 
this group over there that are locked down. You got this group over here locked down, and this group over here locked down. It was a very similar pattern across the board. We, my estimation, from a behavior standpoint, we were looking at about we we were dealing with birds that we should have been dealing with say two almost three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Normally, by this time of May, you're starting to see those birds, you know, those gobblers off on their own. The hens are already on nests, and you can really have fun picking up those last gobblers that are there are those gobblers that are looking for those last hens and, and a lot of times they'll come running into a call we just did not see that you know you, you, i right. mean they were locked down with hens and they weren't going anywhere we had to get just stupidly aggressive <laughs> with that last hunt with you know fighting purrs and except just extreme months of excited calling just to get that stirred up to where we had the birds want to break away and come check us out so that was a tough hunt and i think the weather this year has played a part in that absolutely and so uh we got out um let's see thursday morning i guess it was and uh boy like i say the weather it was foggy rainy all the things we sat out for quite a while and um chris kept thinking to himself hey you go get the ground blind go get the ground blind he was telling us later and so uh, he went and did that and uh, we went over and got set up in another spot and um man i tell you if you had have delayed five more minutes with that still small <laughs> voice, as we all talked about, uh, yeah. we would have probably missed that opportunity. But, boy, it wasn't long, and uh, here they came, and the action began. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and you would mentioned it when we were getting started, you know, so I did that podcast and, and had answered that one question that a gentleman had asked about, you know, how long do you sit in one set? You know, do you, do you sit in a set all, you know, for several hours, or do you just get up and run and gun? And, you know, it, it's always a play on, you know, how, how you, you got to see what the birds are going to do. And, and because of the weather, because of the way the birds were, we knew we needed to play the long game in this area. We knew that several groups of birds were coming to this food plot and utilizing it. Um, but the weather was garbage. <laughs> and, you know, quite honestly, it's a large, it was a longer, larger food plot. And so we were originally set up at the south end against some trees. And I'm thinking, man, I know for a fact they're going to walk right through that little neck, and, and there's really no place for us at the moment to set up. But if I had that ground blind, we could just go run up there, set the ground blind, and we could be in a perfect spot. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, all the morning that it was just bagging me in the head, and finally I was like, you know what, I just need to go do it. So I bailed, went and grabbed the ground blind. And you, yeah, you're absolutely right. We get, I get back, get this, you know, I, I Make sure there was nobody in there, you know, no birds in the in the plot. And I, we got that ground blind set up, sat down, and, yeah, five minutes, all of a sudden on the skyline, here comes that first group. And they just, I mean, they knew where they wanted to be. Yep. They wanted to be down in that food plot. They'd been out in the, the cut corn picking up worms and bugs and everything else. But those hens were on a mission. They were going to come down and hit that food plot again. And that gobbler followed just like he's supposed to right in behind him and, no, you had a great shot too. By the way, that was—I mean, that was a—you <laughs> pumped him hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about your hand too. I don't know how that's healing up, but uh, Chris uh, bolted out of the blind real quick to get him, and uh, yeah, got a little spur action there. And it's—it's uh, it's, it's funny because you know it was—it's so soaking wet with all the rain. And I know. I didn't want him to get messed up, but it's funny. I, you know how you—I posted that on my social media. How you have to learn those lessons. You know, I, a lot of times I'll just grab him by the head, but I, he wasn't flopping. And I'm like, oh, well, I'll just grab him. And, man, <laughs> I grabbed him by the top of the leg, and he flopped a couple times. It slipped down, and that spur hit my hand. And, I mean, he took two flops and rotated and just carved my hand wide open. <laughs> oh, man. 
Well, I appreciate you doing that. So. <laughs> that hey, it's worth it, man. That's part of the game. That's uh, part of the game. Absolutely. But, no, it was super hot. And, like I say, you know, one thing I really appreciate about Chris, he, he you know, walked us through a lot of different things and, um, you know, um, and just made it a super enjoyable hunt. Now, one thing that you do have to watch, if you are sleepy, he will film you while you are nodding off. You know, have you ever done that where you just feel like you should open your eyes? And, man, it started getting hot that day. And we had gotten up at 4 o'clock in the morning. And uh, and so um, I, I just had that feeling I should open my eyes. And there was Chris about a foot away with his iPhone in my face uh, catching me bobbing a little bit. But, uh, a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> but it was a ton of fun, man. Absolutely. So, now, let's talk, and I heard this on, on your podcast, too, and, man, it's a great point because I think a lot of us can make mistakes here. Let's say that, you know, those birds would have went a different direction. Then we figure out, okay, we better go find them. Do you follow and just keep chasing them or figure out some way to get around them? Because, man, that's a really good point. Yeah, you're absolutely right. If you have, if you have the landscape and the property arrangement, and the terrain and the vegetative cover that that allows you to circle around and get in front of them. If they're just going to move off and you can tell which way they're going, circling and getting in front of them is absolutely the absolute thing that you need to do. But sometimes, depending on the property and the, the way that habitat is chunked up, you may not have the ability to get around in front of them. In that case, I'm just going to start. I'm going to try to shadow with them. I'm going to try to stay on them as much as possible. But that's where having some knowledge on the landscape yeah. and what those birds are doing and where they usually hang out and where they usually, you know, like that, that last time where we had to get aggressive with the calling. What did I tell you? I said they're either going to be here or they're going to be over there. Mm-hmm. So we check the first spot. No, they're not here. We go start going over to the second spot. Sure enough, bam, they're all over there. And it was Right, we, there was just the way the train was and the property boundary were, boundaries were. We could not get to where they needed to be because they see us. And so all we could do is say, "Okay, we're going to go set up here because I know, based on my scouting in the, in the trail camera in, in you know images, I know this is where they travel. This is how they want to travel through this river bottom. So let's get set up as close as we can, but in the right place that we can." And then let's try to call them and let's get them to move through. Well, it worked. We got aggressive with the calling and it worked and they came right through. But again, we were limited on how, you know, how we can move. There's no way we we're going to get around them. In yeah. my country out here, it's just sometimes just way too open. If they're out in those wide open fields, it's just way too open. That's where you guys have a knowledge on the landscape and just say, okay, what's a good plan B? Well, a good plan B is to put yourself where the birds are going to want to be. That may be three <laughs> hours from now. Sure. But that's where they want to be. So just play that long game. Absolutely. And, you know, man, one time there, of course, we had the big, the big creek and big ravine. And, man, you were able to call those birds across that. And Ron and I both, man, we're like, there's no way they're going to cross that big of a, of a gap, you know, with the creek there. And, man, you were able to call them across. I mean, does that happen often or is that a that's a tough feat, isn't it? Well, uh, yeah, and like we talked about, normally on that particular, so that particular group of birds, you're absolutely right. The way the river is, it's a big, deep ravine there. A lot of times, it's about a 5% play that you can have those those birds come across at that point. A lot of times, they go up and swing around and they go across on a normal creek crossing where there's a culvert, and then they come around. But 
you know, we I was calling pretty aggressively for a lot of excited yelps, a lot of those, you know, real raspy, low, slow, dominant, you know, dominant uh, hen yelps, but then a lot of fighting purrs. I was just making, I was just creating that, just that imagery that there was a whole bunch of stuff going on over there, and they needed to get their butts over there to check it out. And so, but you saw those were all mature birds, and they sure. were smart. They took this. They took a, a route through that corridor. They didn't come charging right in. They went and circled right around us. They stayed at a distance, came yep. right around, checked everything out, got out into the field behind us, and then kind of slowly peeked through. They're smart birds. I mean, people all the time say, "Oh no, you know, Rios are stupid or Marion's just no, no." Older <laughs> birds that have been educated or, or that have been around the block a time or two, and they get a little education under their belt, so to speak. And they they're tough, and, and these guys had it figured out. They knew exactly what they were doing. Absolutely. And, you know, when it comes to calling, and no matter what, we're talking about elk, turkey, whatever, um, man, figuring out that right time to be aggressive with the call, uh, I guess that just comes with experience. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But like you said, I know your hand was cramped up. You were doing so much uh, different things there with the box, the slate, I mean, at mouth, the call, everything. So, uh, man. I mean, we, we had tried the, the – the, you know, low key, and we tried passive. We tried, you know, more of a targeted, and it, they would gobble, but they weren't going to move anywhere. And so it's like, okay, well, I've, I've tried these others. At this point, you know, in this location, we had nothing to lose. You know, unless we wanted to sit there for the, because it was, you know, midday, unless we wanted to sit there for the next five hours sure. and wait for them to come back through, there was really nothing to lose. It was like, okay, let's turn the volume up. Let's, Let's turn the intensity up, crank it up, throw the kitchen sink at them, and let's see what happens. Because if it didn't work, all right, well, fine. We'll just back out, and we'll go to a different property, and we can we could have saved that for the next day if we needed to. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those things where we said, okay, we, we, we like I always talk about, start low, build up. I call as much as I need to, but not any more than I have to. Well, some people say I, I don't ever talk about aggressive-style calling. Well, you guys... You got to see it. Man, it, it it's in the arsenal. It just is not normally what I pull out to start, but it's uh, it's there if we need it, and that's exactly what needed to get those birds to break off. Because it was what three big mature toms, what three or four cakes, and I don't know who else was down the river. I know. Going. I mean, it was. They were. I don't even know how many times they gobbled. Did you guys watch that video? Just just count anything? Yes. You know, we haven't. Been, I, I did watch a little bit, but yeah, we're gonna. Ron's gonna download it all and send it to me, and then uh, we'll put some things on our website. Just because I mean, just the sounds of, of you back to them, and man, their excitement and the way you got them fired up. I mean, it was unbelievable, and just you know, one of those cool <laughs> things you'll remember forever. You know. Yeah, uh, and, really. and I mean just. Just the way the terrain was and the vegetation was, it just never gave a clear shot. And, I mean, Ron did a great job. And I'm glad he didn't, you know, try to make something happen and, you know, wound a bird or whatever. He, he, he exercised some really good control. But, I mean, he ended up filling his tag later on that afternoon. But Right. That, I mean, it, it was a, that was a fun, fun. <laughs> that entire hunt with you guys was fun. That was a blast. Well, thank you, man. We had a good time. And, man, you're, I, I'm just going to talk about kind of your setup there because, um, if you would like to book, um, you know, a hunt with Chris, first of all, for Turkey, and I don't know what he's, you've got available next year and all, Chris, but uh, check out Row Hunting Resources. And is it okay to give your cell, Chris? Or, well, or I, what number best, do you want to give? Abs- the absolute best is, is do that. Go okay. to Row Hunting, R O E, hunting.com, because if you click on the turkey, you know, the guided hunts, 
you can click on Turkey, and literally every ounce of information is there. I, I put the prices on there. Yep. I put the, the, the room and board, the lodging price. Everything is there. So there, if you don't have to contact me to know what you're getting. I, I hate that when people, you know, oh, you know, contact me today to book a hunt. Well, I don't want to get make a phone call to get into a sales pitch. I just want to sure. know what you're offering. Well, right. right there it is. It's on the website. Okay. From there, if someone says, oh, yeah, that looks good, just send – there's a, a link right there. Just send me an email. I will put you on the list because what I do is I'll get all the people that are interested. I don't book hunts until January or February of, of that year because I want to evaluate what our food plot situation looks like. What does our crop rotation look like? Look like? And what has been the winter survivability of our birds? How many birds do I have so that I can make sure we offer a high-quality hunt experience with a high probability of success of a bird on the ground? I can almost always guarantee you're going to get a shout-out opportunity. You're going to see birds. You're going to hear birds. Mm -hmm. But for me, I want birds in front of you, and I want you to have shot opportunities, not just a oh, well, it was a good hunt. Well, okay, it, it was a good hunt, but if you don't have birds, if you're actually going to, you know, if there's one bird on the landscape and he's on the neighbors, well, no. I want to make sure we've got good bird numbers to support the number of hunters I take. And so once I get that evaluation, I'll go through that list of emails, and I, and I send an email out. I'm like, all right, who wants to come? And then I just go, you know, first come, first serve, boom, 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 boom. We'll get them all booked in there and, We'll get them lined out, but yeah, absolutely, it's it's a I, you know like you saw, we we go for a high quality hunt experience with a high probability of success. And you know what, and you know I was thinking about this uh, just driving over the studio this morning. You know, three things happen when you book hunt. One, it's either not going to meet your expectations, and you know just be a bummer. And you know, people like you just said, you don't even book a hunt till you kind of know what you can offer a customer and make sure it's going to be a good quality hunt. And there's not and there, a lot of other people would just say, hey, you know, there's fields out here. We can go sit, and if the, it's hunting, and they understand that, so I'm not concerned about that. I got my money, and you're not like that, which I appreciate. So, yeah. And then, you know, hey, there's some hunts that meet your expectations, but what's really, really cool is when it goes above and beyond your expectation. That's what's really cool. And um, I'm telling you, we decided to do the lodging thing with Chris there and uh, stayed there in a, a nice home. And uh, his wife cooked some delicious, delicious, I gained two pounds, by the way, uh, uh, <laughs> delicious meals and uh, made us just some homemade breakfast burritos for in the mornings. And we had some snacks there. And I mean, just extremely, extremely comfortable. And, uh, and then like I say, just a great experience hunting. So um, I'll certainly give Chris a 10 stars and not just because he's on the show and all that. And, um, and, and just I want to make this clear to you. You know what? We pay for our hunts, and, and we do things. So this isn't any kind of thing. Oh, you know, well, you get to go on free hunt stuff. We pay for hunts. We do our thing. And you know what? We just want to let our listeners know of people that you can go into and trust where we've hunted with them, we've ate their food, as I say, you know, we, we've uh, uh, stayed in their lodging, all the different things. So experience the whole gamut to tell you this is a great place you ought to go, and I promise you, you'll learn a lot hunting with Chris as well. So just go to that Row Hunting Resources, that's R-O-E, huntingresources.com, and like Chris said, all the information is there. So, Chris, let's take a few minutes and kind of uh, flip over big game season. Boy, it's, it's not long uh, down the road here, and you do a lot with your 
elk calling and elk modules and all that. So just take a minute and tell us about the things you do with elk there. Yeah, so on that Row Hunting Resources website, we've got the Elk Hunting Institute, that, that elk module that is just education. There's probably about, I think we're looking at about 50-some hours of video-based educational content there. And there's going to be a whole pile of more coming this summer as I transition out of my turkey and deer stuff this summer. It's going to be all back into elk stuff. So it's all on fundamentals. It really stresses the basics, but if people really want to learn about actual elk behavior, why do elk do what they do on the landscape? How do elk engage one another on the landscape? How are, you know, if you want to dive into understanding what elk are doing, and the most important question, in my opinion, is why? Why are they doing it? That's what that resource is for. And then we take that information and say, okay, this is what they're doing. This is why they're doing it. This is what they're saying. This is why they're saying it. This is what their reaction or, or engagement is. This is why that is occurring now. How do we utilize that information in a hunting scenario to help put an animal in front of us it is uh so it, it's really great for anybody that does archery it's really great resource for anybody that does early muzzle the muzzleloader hunt and it's really good information for anybody that does those early season rifle hunts if you are going to have a calling component to your hunt or would like it this is that that resource is going to give you an absolute in-depth science-based education on all of that so, right yeah yeah i tell you man it's great information and uh you know i don't care how long you've been doing something how long you've been hunting you you can learn something all the time and it's great to have i mean hours and hours and hours that you put in i mean we can go there simply and reap all the work that you put in to learn from you so man it's a great great well, resource yeah and that's why we did it. We, we built it so it's an online library so that way you do have, at your leisure, you can consume the material as fast as you want or you can go through and pick it apart as slow as you want, and then you can go back and reference it. We set it up on different levels, so you, maybe you only want you know, for a couple months or maybe you want to have it all year. Maybe you just want the elk content. Maybe you want to deer and turkey stuff as well. So we have it set up to where you can choose the type of engagement and educational engagement that you want it's just not a one-size-fits-all deal it's an online library that lets you learn how you like to learn absolutely well chris hey man uh i'm taking you probably over the time i told you i would keep you here but let's do this more often man let's do this more often because uh we certainly enjoyed our time with you and uh man we'll look forward to doing it again and uh, anytime there's some things that you think, you know, would be great for our listeners, you're always welcome. And uh, just give me a call, and we'll get you on again. Thank your wife for uh, taking good care of us as well. And uh, thanks again for just a fantastic hunt, man. Absolutely. No, I appreciate you guys coming out. You're in, What people need to understand is you're actually right. Uh, Scott, you guys paid for it full nut. I mean, it, you pulled, this wasn't a this wasn't a marketing, you know, type deal. I'll get you. No, it's it, we. We book up early each year, and so if you want a slot, you need to step, you know, you need to step up and say, "Hey, I want a slot," and, and you guys did, and we got you in. And I appreciate your flexibility this year with all the COVID crap going on. So we made it work, but uh, no, you guys were 
heck of a lot of fun, and you're welcome to come out here and hunt anytime. All right, Love bud. to have you back. All right, man. We appreciate it so much, Chris. Take care, bud. All right, brother. All right. That's Chris Rowe, rowhuntingresources.com. Check it out. And, again, if you're looking for a fantastic hunt, we didn't even get a chance to get into his deer hunting there, but we saw a ton of deer as well. So it is all right there in Logan, Kansas with Rowe Hunting Resources. You're listening to Sportsman of Colorado. we got to take a short break, and we'll be back with more right after this. Take it from KLZ's personal injury attorney, Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law. You should always call the police, no matter how small your accident may seem. Here's why. The experience that I've had is once you say, listen, I want to have the police called, and if a person gets nervous about that, you know that you're immediately dealing with a different situation. If the person is like, well, that's fine, I'll, I'll wait around as well and we can get it documented, no problem, then you know you're also dealing with a credible person too. And so it's a really good litmus test to see how that person reacts. Always call the police right away. Then call KLZ's personal injury attorney, Kevin Flesh, 303-806-8886. Injuries happen all the time, quarantine or no quarantine. So put this number in your phone now, 303-806-8886, 303-806-8886. Trial tested, trial ready, Flesh and Beck Law, they get results. Hi, this is Scott Watley with just a reminder that our friends at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center are still open Monday through Saturday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. For your convenience, they are now providing special curbside service to help make it easier for you to help meet your pet's needs. This is for appointments and other medical services, as well as for grooming and boarding and food product purchases. To check in for appointments, grooming, and boarding, simply call when you arrive and a staff member will come out and assist you. For checkouts, pet food products, and prescriptions, call when you arrive, pay over the phone, and a staff member will bring your pet and your receipt out to you. No doubt, this is a difficult time for all of us, but at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, it is their passion and professional commitment to help your pets live their best lives. Call now, 303-708-8050, that's 303-708-8050, or visit LoneTreeVet.com. Hi, Jack Corgan. Shopping for a new car can be a harrowing experience unless you use my favorite car dealer, Len Lyles Chevrolet, just east of I-225 on Colfax, 15 minutes from anywhere. I've worked with him for more than 12 years, and I promise you, Len Lyle is not your typical car dealership. Check out their excellent reviews on Google. They are respectful of your time, not high pressure, and have very progressive pricing because low overhead really does mean lower prices. Len Lyle Chevrolet. Go east and pay the least. Chevy. Find new roads. This is Scott Watley for my friends at Phoenix Weaponry. Phoenix Weaponry is proud to announce their new 10,000 square foot facility is now open in Berthard, Colorado, located at 504 North 2nd Street. With this expansion, Phoenix Weaponry offers a new retail area and expanded gunsmithing in Duracoat and Cerakote areas. Family owned and operated, Phoenix Weaponry offers the finest in competition, hunting, and long range precision firearms. Also suppressors from 22 long rifle to 50 caliber for rifles, pistols, and shotguns. Phoenix Weaponry also offers gunsmithing services and restoration repairs from antique to modern firearms. Building your firearm dreams into reality. That's Phoenix Weaponry. Call them now, 720-340-2496, or visit them at phoenixweaponry.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560.
Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. Again, thank you so much for being with us today. We're going to go to the phones now and talk to our good friend Brady White from the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. And uh, Brady is our uh, leader for the Denver group that we um, have. Brady, first of all, welcome. How are you? Hey, thanks, Scott. Thanks. Great to, great to join you today. How long has the Denver chapter been going on? 30-something years? or? Yeah, well, this is our uh, 22nd. 22nd, okay. Uh, banquet, I believe. Okay. Yeah, wow. that's a great question, though. I, I, I haven't... Uh, I haven't looked at our program since we had to cancel the, I know. the last banquet. <laughs> yeah, right. But, man, it's been a great group for a great number of years for sure. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah I tell you, boy, you look back from the International Sportsman's Expo, which seems like two years ago instead of five mm -hmm. months ago but with all that we've gone through. But, like I say, we had to switch our banquet, but we've got it rescheduled now uh, for August. And that's 22nd, I believe, right? Yes, it is. Okay. It is All right. August yeah. 22nd, and uh, we are glad to be emceeing that again for you guys and appreciate the invitation to do so. But uh, mm -hmm. just tell us a little bit about the, the banquet and how folks can get their tickets. Sure. Yep, yep. So uh, we were supposed to have it in March, in March, but, uh, you know, when everything started to hit with this COVID stuff, it was looking more and more like it may happen, it may not happen, and then, you know, uh, you know, everything kind of was put uh, put uh, on hold with um, you know businesses and and uh, government offices, everything basically shutting down. So I was uh, I was actually called away. I worked for the VA, you know, working on their uh, command center for the COVID response. And thank goodness. Uh, Thank goodness we were able to postpone it instead of just canceling it for sure. for the year. So we work with the hotel. We're having it at the Denver Stapleton Hotel again this year. Great, great hotel. They did a millions of dollars worth of renovation in it, and it's uh, rescheduled for August twenty second. So anybody listening, please mark that on your calendars, and we'd love to to have you join us. Uh, we've got the website open again for uh, for purchasing tickets. And that's uh, DenverRMEF.org. And you can go right on there and, and purchase your tickets for the banquet. And we'd love to have you join us. All right. And, uh, yeah, I tell you, man, the, the hotel was great. Food was awesome last year. Mm -hmm. And certainly glad because there, there were some folks had banquets that I've worked with that, man, couldn't reschedule, and they were just out. So, yeah, mm -hmm. we're very fortunate to have it that way. And uh, we'll have a great, a lot of great silent auction items, as always, as well as a mm -hmm. live auction. And, um, and, and I know you're out and about, which we're going to talk about in a second. You're at a one of my favorite spots, Phoenix Weaponry today. Sure. <laughs> but yeah. but uh, um, anything come to mind real quick from the live auction that you can think of? Yes, yes. We've, uh, as you know, since I've been the chair for the last uh, five or six years, we've really been trying to focus uh, on uh, on several parts of our mission. You know, the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, our mission is basically to ensure the future of elk, other wildlife, or habitat, and our hunting heritage. So habitat-wise, we have a couple of uh, fenceful projects each summer. Okay. And I encourage you to, uh, anybody that wants to reach out to me to find out more information about those, they, they can email me at Den uh, Brady, uh, R-M-E-F, Denver, at gmail.com. 
and I can give you some more information about the particulars for those two projects. But but also the, the last part of the mission, you know, our Huffington Heritage deals with getting youth out, getting them involved, getting them away from these games, and really encouraging the the transfer of information, right, from one generation to another. Mm-hmm. And uh, Scott, as you know, being involved in this field and, and uh, the danger of, of the, these kids not uh, – kind of coming alongside and uh, stepping up and taking the place of, of those of us that have been around for a few years. You know what I mean? Sure. So we've got um, we've got several hunts that are geared toward youth. And, and overall, I think I've got seven of these hunts, youth hunts, um, this year. And we're going to have several of them in the live auction. We're going to have a... a one of them in the bonus raffle. Uh, we're going to be giving away one as, as far as any youth that comes to the banquet that is um, of legal age to hunt big game, 12 to uh, 18. Okay. Um, we're going to turn them into a, a raffle, and, uh, and one of them will be able to, to come away with a, it's a combination of a cow elk and a doe deer hunt. And, uh, and our good friends at the Bull Basin Outfitters. Wonderful. So uh, they, yeah. they've really partnered with us the last few years, and that's a, just a wonderful opportunity to either get a, a cow elk or a doe deer or both. Absolutely. Brady White is with us, and once again, he's the chairman here of our Denver chapter for the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. And I hope you will circle that date, August 22nd. Uh, go to the website, denverremef.org. Get your tickets now. And uh, I promise you, this thing is sold out every year. And, you know, there's so many banquets in our banquet season, Bradley, Brady, early in the year. A lot of people just can't go to all of them. So now, hey, this may be something that may turn yeah. out really well for everybody, <laughs> uh, you know, because, hey, there's really not a lot of banquets happening then. So I hope everyone yeah. can make it. Hey, a couple yeah. minutes left here, but you're at a fun spot. Like I say, Phoenix Weaponry and our good friend Aaron Casey out there. Yes, yes. So. Again, uh, while I was away uh, with the VA, um, you know, my son was here having to deal with uh, being out of school and you know, me not being there to support him and, and uh, Annie, my wife. So I wanted to bless him when I got back in town. So uh, I surprised him, called Aaron up here at Phoenix Weaponry, and uh, we figured on a good uh, 223 with a custom uh, skin on it. Wow. And... Um, so he's over here this morning and building it, you know, putting it together. Aaron's showing him uh, exactly, you know, from what do you call it, from the ground up? Yes, sir. Know, with all <laughs> the bolts and springs and everything out of it. And he's having to put it together 100%. So he's he's loving it. A great surprise. Aaron, as you know, uh, Scott, here at Phoenix Weaponry, they just they do such a marvelous job of, yep. of First uh, class. building these, these firearms and and they are such supporters of RMEF and, and our banquets over the years. And we're going to have them again this year. Yes, sir. Uh, he's, he's donating uh, an incredible firearm. We're going to be uh, having that in our live auction, kind of featured there as well. And and um, I can't say enough about Aaron and the, the, the what he's done for, for our chapter, and not just our chapter, but 
he supports a lot of other. No, he does. No, great, great guy. Yeah, supports a lot of chapters. Hey, helps support our show. So we appreciate mm-hmm. it. Well, listen, I'll let you guys get back to fun. Just wanted to get you on a little bit, talk about our banquet August sure. 22nd for the Denver Rocky Mountain Elk. So we appreciate it. Absolutely, Scott. You have a wonderful day. Man. All right. Thank you, sir. Get ready to head out there for the turkey hunt with Zach after this. So wish us luck. All right. Good luck. Go get one, All right. bud. All right. Yes, sir, That's buddy. Brady White, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. we got to take another short break, and we'll be back with more right after this. We don't normally think about our garage door until it's too late. A spring breaks, and right when you're running late for that very important appointment, you jump in the car, push the remote, your door doesn't open. Don't let that happen. Call Marianne at Affordable Door Company today and schedule your garage door inspection. At Affordable Doors, they are able to offer same-day service in the Denver metro area as well as free estimates. With over 30 years of experience and with over 26,000 satisfied customers, you can be assured of a pleasant experience when you deal with Affordable Door Company. Call Marianne now at 303-680-8440. That's 303-680-8440. And to see a complete list of services, visit garagedoorproblems.com. Hi, this is Scott Watley for Stack Optical. Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their Denver patients for over 50 years. And as a family-owned business, trust me when I say they have seen hard times before. And no doubt the days we are living in are very difficult for us all. But owner Alan Stack and his wife Marilyn want you to know they are here for you. If you need an eye exam, new glasses, or even repair to your glasses, Stack Optical is ready to help. Call to schedule your private appointment today and rest assured every step has been taken to ensure your safety and health at Stack Optical. I've trusted my eye care to them for many years, and you can too. So if it's time for your eye exam or that new pair of glasses, call them today, 303-321-1578. That's 303-321-1578, or check them out at stackoptical.com. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. Again, thank you so much for being with us. Just a reminder now, if you miss our live show on Saturdays from 1 to 2, we re-air that show on Sundays from 8 to 9 a.m. or 4 to 5 p.m., so hopefully one of those times will work out for you. We're going to go to the phones now and talk to our good friends over at Green Mountain Guns, one of our favorite stores, 3355 South Yarrow Street in Lakewood. Their number is 303-985-7240, and we've got Jake with us from Green Mountain Guns. So, Jake, how are you, sir? Have you recouped a little bit from the last few months? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're swinging. Thank you so much, Scott, for having me on. We're, we're swinging full swing here. Got everything going on and just just staying super busy it's not really died down for us (laughs) well good and you guys are you guys are normal business hours uh monday through friday and also you're open on saturdays as well right yes sir yes sir we're open uh nine to six through through monday through friday and then saturdays we're open nine to five nine to five all right good deal I tell you what, let's touch on your CCW classes first. Uh, you, you got kind of bogged down with those a little bit because of uh, everything going on, but they are um, going again, and you're doing those every Friday for the next several weeks, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, we are. We're going to be doing those on Friday nights from 6 to 9 for just the next few weeks. It looks like it's going to be 
the 15th and then the 22nd and, and the 29th and, and really just kind of what demand what the demand is after that we've got a, quite a number of them coming up and and uh, if you're looking to get your CCW feel free to give us a contact here at the, at the store and we'll 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 get you on the list there take just a minute and just kind of walk us through that and what people can expect there in the class of kind of the things you cover well you know we we really cover uh a, a broad variety of things we we cover uh you know the law and 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 what it takes to to uh get your concealed carry and what the state requires for you to to be able to do that but also we cover you know, uh, lots of different scenarios and the do's and do nots, the, the shoulds and shouldn'ts of, of uh, just basic concealed carry and, and uh, you know, everything you need to know from, from top to bottom uh, in the process of how to do it, where to go, uh, when to go, how to, how to go about doing that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Once again, if you'd like to get involved in that, all you got to do is call the store there. Uh, Jake is normally there. If not, uh, they can certainly help you out. But if you want to talk to Jake, just ask for him at 303-985-7240. And the cost for your CCW classes are? $99.95, not a penny more. All right, $99.95. And uh, it's a great class. I've had uh, friends go there and take this, and uh, we're very, very happy with the instruction that Jake gave. So, again, if you've been thinking about it and – Time to quit thinking about it and do it, all right? So give them a call. And then, Jake, you guys do something special, too, for folks that do that. Uh, they get a little discount in the store. Yeah, they do. Uh, they, they actually get – they can recoup just about all that money that they pay for the class and in, in discounts in the store on, on store merchandise. Okay, cool. And your stock, um, man, alive. Again, it's always great to walk in a gun store and see tons of guns, ammo, too, and, um, um, you know, you never know because, I mean, you know, it does go quickly. But right now you guys got a pretty good stock of ammo as well. Yeah, we do. You know, we've been we've been very, very blessed through all this. You know, people hadn't been able to keep uh, around us. We've been hearing that, that people haven't been able to keep ammunition in certain types. And we've we've been formed a really good relationship with a couple of distributors, and they've, they've really taken care of us. And, and we've had those hard-to-get calibers and we just continue. I mean, almost daily, I'm on the phone with them, talking to to make sure that that we get the uh, items that we want and need, and that everybody's wanting and needing. So we've been really blessed to keep that stuff in. Well, good deal. And again, great selection of shotguns, rifles. Hey, big game season's around the corner, and uh, a lot of great rifles there. They've got ARs, uh, of course, a ton of handguns, and. You really never know what you're going to find there, Jake. <laughs> I've walked in there and seen some crazy things, man, that people have brought in. I'm sure uh, over your time there, you have seen like, wow, I've never seen one of these. Yeah, no, you know, that that's very true. Uh, one of the biggest ones that's, that's got me in here right now is we've got a World War II Winchester trench, trench gun uh, with a serialized bayonet. That's just super rare just you never never ever see those and and uh you know we we are really fortunate to to be able to keep a good stock and inventory in here of of just all kinds of different firearms and 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 guns so well cool once again we're talking to jake salthouse he's one of the managers over at green mountain guns 3355 south yarrow their number 303-985-7240 all right, I wanted to touch on the estate sales. I mean, we've done very well with those uh, as far as, you know, people that listen to the show. And, um, you know, it's kind of funny. Sometimes I've been in the store and heard somebody mention Sportsman of Colorado or listen to my name or something. I'm like, oh, that's Scott. You know, so that's always cool when that happens. But uh, let's kind of go through this estate sale because sometimes I think people think, hear the word estate and they think, oh, 
dude. I don't have a hundred guns. You know, there is no um, maximum or minimum when we talk about estate sales or you buying guns. So let's kind of go through that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There's not. So if if you are looking to sell some guns, you've you've recently had some people that that in your life that that have passed or or however you come by those guns. If you're looking to uh, you know get rid of them all in, in one go in a very fast and legal way. Uh, you know, we can come out to you or, or you can just bring them on into the store. And like Scott said, you know, there's there's either or, you know, it doesn't matter if, if you've got 100 guns, 1,000 guns, or, or just five of them, two mm-hmm. of them, three of them, you know. That, it doesn't matter the, the amount. We're willing to work with you and, and get an assessment and, and uh, help you out on, on getting the best price for those. Right. And if folks, uh, to explain the consignment as well, so if folks want to do a consignment, which simply means they sign in the guns to you, you put them on, you know, your rack there if they want. Uh, you guys can do some extra steps to put them on some websites and all, and then you sell the guns, then uh, you guys take a 15% commission, which is very, very fair. And then if you do the estate, that is where you will just simply write them a check. But, you know, and I just like to be open with people. Everyone has to understand. Are you going to get a little bit more if you do the consignment? Yes, probably. But if you don't want to mess with because you don't know how long a gun's going to sit there. <laughs> and that's right. what people have to know. When you write them a check, you know, uh, you guys are very fair, and you've got a formula that's worked for Mike, uh, the owner there, for years. But, you know, again, you don't know how long you're going to have that gun. So you got to understand, you're going to walk out with a check, and you guys got guns now to sell. So it may take, you know, six minutes it may take a year you don't know you yeah exactly and you don't know and and uh you know it, it just depends on on what it is there are some items that sell a little better on consignment than than they do you know and and you do make a little a, a, a little bit more i wouldn't say a lot more on consignment you do make a little bit more and you know that's that's all well and good but you do have to be willing to wait on that and and take the time it takes to actually sell the gun uh you know, so so we we do do the estate so that it's a little bit easier on the seller, so that they're able to walk out that day with a check in hand and and able to just go cash that check, and and they're not saying, okay, well, you know, I've got ten guns on consignment, and I have to wait for each individual one to sell and get one check at a time. You know, that makes right? Getting one lump sum. Right. And just to bring, again, some education to it, and I don't mean that to sound demeaning, but people have to understand, if you if you bought a gun yesterday for $7.99, you can't walk in there and sell it for $7.99 because that gun is used once it's sold as new to someone, correct? Yes, right, right, exactly. So exactly. everybody needs to be fair-minded on the price, and that's one thing you guys are good at, saying, hey, look, because everybody wants as much as they can get. And, you know, I've been sitting there, and I've heard you guys say, you know, man, that's a little high. You know, I think if you will sell it really fast if we can put it here. Or I've heard someone say, oh, I'll take this for it. And you think, you know what, we can probably get you this much, meaning a little bit higher. So you guys are great at coaching people with that, too. Right, exactly. You know, we use we use a, a very industry standard uh, formula to, to buy. Um, but as far as evaluating the guns, you know, we, we really – pride ourselves on on you know taking the time to sit down can you know give the gun a condition rating and then and then also look it up in in our blue book of gun values but but on top of that look at the current market and and what they're actually selling for to bring the customer and our customers as well as as uh the people that are selling you know the best deal that we can right and you said it best there you you know a lot of people say well i saw my websites for this well again you said it right there 
but what are they actually selling for? Not what they're listed for, but what are they selling for? And sometimes that can go either way. Sometimes that can be positive for the customer. Sometimes that can be negative. But, I mean, you know, you just want to be fair to the client, try to sell the gun, because, hey, let's be honest, that's what they're looking to do. That's what you're looking to do. You don't want to sit there and just have a high price tag on something. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, essentially then we're just storing stuff. Sure. So yeah. We're not a storage company. We're, we're we're a shop. We sell stuff. Right. Now, especially in this day and time, uh, that we're what we're going through now, one of the extra special things that Green Mountain Guns will do is they will come to you. You do not have to come to them. And uh, and you even have what you call a contactless appointment with them to talk about that estate buy. So walk us through that a minute. So, yeah, if you have an estate or even, you know, multiple guns that you're wanting to consign, we can come out and definitely, uh, you know, uh, come in and, and, you know, we won't won't even make contact with you. The only thing that we would touch or, or anything of that matter would be the actual firearm. And so we're, we're able to do a very contactless uh, appointment with you on estates, you know, uh, just anywhere from, from uh, you know, like I said before, if you have five guns all the way up to 500, you know, whatever whatever there's no limit just just ask us and again we won't touch anything but the gun so you will be safe right sure. then and there in your house and you don't have to get out and about in public once again this is green mountain guns are located at 3355 south yarrow street in lakewood uh great it's a close-up parking right there 303-985-7240 check out the website greenmountainguns.com they've always got a featured firearm there and you can see a lot of the items they have there as well and the ccw classes now are on the next several fridays those will be from six to nine and if you'd like to get involved in those are 99 bucks call jake at the store get your name on a list and uh they will get you fixed up there and as we mentioned these estate sales uh a great safe way uh, to sell these firearms and not have to worry about any of the things being legal, get your check or get them on consignment, whatever you choose. And again, Jake and Mike, they, these guys are great guys. They will let you know what they feel is best for you to do and how long you know it would take them to possibly sell those. So um, just great people. They do private party transfers as well. Also, class three, hey, somebody wants a suppressor, walk in there and jump on that machine there and get that done as well. Right, right. Elijah? We have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah we have that, uh, the, the silencer shop kiosk. So if you're, if you're looking to do any client, kind of NFA or class three items, come on in and we can, we can get you helped with that as well. All right. Well, man, hey, I know you're busy on a Saturday, but I uh, just want to get you on a few minutes to talk about these. And uh, we get new listeners all the time. And um, we appreciate you guys. And uh, I'm sure I'll be over there soon to see you. All right. We look forward to it, Scott. Thank all you right, so Jake. very much. Jake Salthouse, Green Mountain Guns, 3355 South Yarrow Street, 303-985-7240. And when you go in, let them know you heard about them here on Sportsman of Colorado. We want to thank Jake and all of our guests today. Mostly thank you for joining us. Be sure and check out our website and look at all of our sponsors there on our page. And, boy, we hope you will give them a chance to earn your trust and your business. Hope you have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll talk to you next week.
views and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.